1: The Bible Live is your opportunity to listen to the Bible, a 15 to 20 minute reading every weeknight, the entire Bible every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout on this annual excursion through the
2: Word, Sophie Dollar. Yes,
0: indeed. Here we are. The last couple of nights we're getting to spend now in the book of Ezekiel. We'll read chapters 41 through 44, and then tomorrow night through the end of the book. Our next program will go right on into the book of Daniel, probably one of the premier books of the Scriptures. Because of these amazing prophecies centuries in advance, telling about the empires that would rise and fall all the way to the times in which we are living, Tonight we get to finish this great book called Ezekiel. We'll get to that in a moment. We'll do our Wisdom and Worship segment from Psalm 123. But first I want you to hear from my son Scott to tell you about how you can partner with us in the Bible Live ministry.
1: The Bible Live is an exciting new vision to broadcast the Bible itself to America and the world.
2: First of all, I want to say this is the best show in the world. This program that you put on is just a remarkable program. I don't know if there's any program like it in the U.S.,
1: but did you know that you can help put the Bible on the airways across America and at the same time receive your own copy of the Bible Live, the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation on CD? Convenience is the key for me. The Bible Live has really changed my morning commute.
3: My parents gave me the Bible Live CD collection as a gift before I went away to college. I've grown up reading the Bible, but listening to it and having it available to listen as I study or to listen as I clean my dorm room, it's been amazing.
1: Hearing the Bible out loud without the effort or distraction of reading helps me focus on what it actually says.
3: Sophie's voice and reading style really bring out the meaning of the text. I like listening to the CDs while I exercise.
1: For every tax-deductible donation of $100 or more to The Bible Live, our thank-you gift to you will be our Bible Live CD set, 62 CDs with a convenient carrying case. Visit our website, www.thebiblelive.com, and donate online today. Together we can bring the Bible live to millions who otherwise may never hear its message.
0: And I hope you will go to our website, thebiblelive.com, get to know us a little bit, ask any questions you'd like about us, about the ministry. As you support the broadcast, we raise it through Campus Crusade for Christ, and all goes to support the broadcast. Well, let's go now to our Wisdom and Worship segment, another of the Pilgrim Psalms tonight, those psalms that were sung as the people walked toward Jerusalem for the festival days. Psalm 123. I lift my eyes to you, O God, enthroned in heaven. We look to the Lord our God for his mercy, just as servants keep their eyes on their master, as a slave girl watches her mistress for the slightest signal. Have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy, for we have had our fill of contempt. We have had our fill of the scoffing of the proud and the contempt of the arrogant. End of reading, Psalm 123. I will enter his
2: gates with thanksgiving in my heart.
1: You're listening to the Bible Live with I will Sophie Dollar.
0: Let's go to the book of Ezekiel chapters 41 now through 44, he's going to continue to describe this temple. Ezekiel pictures in his mind a temple, perhaps an idealized temple. He is visualizing heaven. He's visualizing perfection. He's visualizing genuine worship without bounds and without obstacles. We should be able to find some principles there as well. as He talks about the buildings, the utensils, and even now the priests. And the Lord's glory now returns to the temple. We remember how sad it was when it departed. Let's watch him come back to his temple, to his people. Ezekiel 41.1 through 44.31 Ezekiel 41 After that, the man brought me into the holy place, the large main room of the temple, and he measured the columns that framed its doorway. They were ten and a half feet square. The entrance was seventeen and a half feet wide, and the walls on each side were eight and three-fourths feet wide. The holy place itself was 70 feet long and 35 feet wide. Then he went into the inner room at the end of the holy place. He measured the columns at the entrance and found them to be three and a half feet thick. The entrance was ten and a half feet wide, and the walls on each side of the entrance extended twelve and a fourth feet to the corners of the inner room. The inner room was 35 feet square. This, he told me, is the most holy place. Then he measured the wall of the temple and found that it was ten and a half feet thick. There was a row of rooms along the outside wall. Each room was seven feet wide. These rooms were built in three levels, one above the other, with thirty rooms on each level. The supports for these rooms rested on ledges in the temple wall, but the supports did not extend into the wall. Each level was wider than the one below it, corresponding to the narrowing of the temple wall as it rose higher. A stairway led up from the bottom level through the middle level to the top level. I noticed that the temple was built on a terrace, which provided a foundation for the side rooms. This terrace was ten and a half feet high. The outer wall of the temple's side rooms was eight and three-fourths feet thick. This left an open area between these side rooms and the row of rooms along the outer wall of the inner courtyard. This open area measured 35 feet in width, and it went all the way around the temple. Two doors opened from the side rooms into the terrace yard, which was eight and three-fourths feet wide. One door faced north and the other south. A large building stood on the west, facing the temple courtyard. It was 122 and a feet wide and 157 and a half feet long, and its walls were eight and three-fourths feet thick. Then the man measured the temple, and he found it to be 175 feet long. The courtyard around the building, including its walls, was an additional 175 feet in length. The inner courtyard to the east of the temple was also 175 feet wide. The building to the west, including its two walls, was also 175 feet wide. The holy place, the most holy place, and the foyer of the temple were all paneled with wood, as were the frames of the recessed windows. The inner walls of the temple were paneled with wood, above and below the windows. The space above the door leading into the most holy place was also paneled. All the walls were decorated with carvings of cherubim, each with two faces, and there was a palm tree carving between each of the cherubim. One face, that of a man, looked toward the palm tree on one side. The other face, that of a young lion, looked toward the palm tree on the other side. The figures were carved all along the inside of the temple, from the floor to the top of the walls, including the outer wall of the holy place. There were square columns at the entrance to the holy place, and the ones at the entrance of the most holy place were similar. There was an altar made of wood, three and a half feet square and five and a fourth feet high. Its corners, base, and sides were all made of wood. This, the man told me, is the table that stands in the Lord's presence. Both the holy place and the most holy place had double doorways, each with two swinging doors. The doors leading into the holy place were decorated with carved cherubim and palm trees, just as on the walls. And there was a wooden canopy over the front of the temple's foyer. On both sides of the foyer, there were recessed windows decorated with carved palm trees.
1: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
0: Ezekiel 42 Then the man led me out of the temple courtyard by way of the north gateway. We entered the outer courtyard and came to a group of rooms against the north wall of the inner courtyard. This group of structures whose entrance opened toward the north was 175 feet long and 87 and a half feet wide. One block of rooms overlooked the 35 foot width of the inner courtyard. Another block of rooms looked out onto the pavement of the outer courtyard. The two blocks were built three levels high and stood across from each other. Between the two blocks of rooms ran a walkway 17 and a half feet wide. It extended the entire 175 feet of the complex, and all the doors faced toward the north. Each of the two upper levels of rooms was narrower than the one beneath it because the upper levels had to allow space for walkways in front of them. Since there were three levels and they did not have supporting columns as in the courtyards, each of the upper levels was set back from the level beneath it. There was an outer wall that separated the rooms from the outer courtyard. It was 87 and a half feet long. This wall added length to the outer block of rooms, which extended for only 87 and a half feet, while the inner block, the rooms toward the temple, extended for 175 feet. There was an entrance from the outer courtyard to these rooms from the east. On the south side of the temple, there were two blocks of rooms just south of the inner courtyard between the temple and the outer courtyard. These rooms were arranged just like the rooms on the north. There was a walkway between the two blocks of rooms just like the complex on the north side of the temple. This complex of rooms was the same length and width as the other one, and it had the same entrances and doors. The dimensions of each were identical. So there was an entrance in the wall facing the doors of the inner block of rooms, and another on the east at the end of the interior walkway. Then the man told me, These rooms that overlook the temple from the north and south are holy. It is there that the priest who offers sacrifices to the Lord will eat the most holy offerings. And they will use these rooms to store the grain offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings, because these rooms are holy. When the priests leave the holy place, they must not go directly to the outer courtyard. They must first take off the clothes they wore while ministering, because these clothes are holy. They must put on other clothes before entering the parts of the building complex open to the public. When the man had finished taking these measurements, he led me out through the east gateway to measure the entire temple area. He measured the east side. It was 875 feet long. He also measured the north side and got the same measurement. The south side was the same length, and so was the west side. So the area was 875 feet on each side with a wall all around it to separate the holy places from the common.
1: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
0: Ezekiel 43 After this, the man brought me back around to the east gateway. Suddenly the glory of the God of Israel appeared from the east. The sound of His coming was like the roar of rushing waters and the whole landscape shone with His glory. This vision was just like the others I had seen first by the Kabar River, and then when he came to destroy Jerusalem. And I fell down before him with my face in the dust, and the glory of the Lord came into the temple through the east gateway. Then the Spirit took me up and brought me into the inner courtyard, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And I heard someone speaking to me from within the temple. The man who had been measuring was still standing beside me. And the Lord said to me, "'Son of man, this is the place of my throne.' and the place where I will rest my feet. I will remain here forever, living among the people of Israel. They and their kings will not defile my holy name any longer by their adulterous worship of other gods, or by raising monuments in honor of their dead kings. They put their idol altars right next to mine, with only a wall between them and me. They defiled my holy name by such wickedness, so I consumed them in my anger." Now let them put away their idols and the sacred pillars erected to honor their kings, and I will live among them forever. Son of man, describe to the people of Israel the temple I have shown you. Tell them its appearance and its plan, so they will be ashamed of all their sins. And if they are ashamed of what they have done, describe to them all the specifications of its construction, including its entrances and doors, and everything else about it. Write down all these specifications and directions as they watch, so they will be sure to remember them. And this is the basic law of the temple, absolute holiness. The entire top of the hill where the temple is built is holy. Yes, this is the primary law of the temple. These are the measurements of the altar. There is a gutter all around the altar, 21 inches wide and 21 inches deep, with a curb 9 inches wide around its edge and this is the height of the altar. From the gutter, the altar rises three and a half feet to a ledge that surrounds the altar. This lower ledge is 21 inches wide. From the lower ledge, the altar rises seven feet to the upper ledge. This upper ledge is also 21 inches wide. The top of the altar, the hearth, rises still seven feet higher, with a horn rising up from each of the four corners. The top of the altar is square, measuring 21 feet by 21 feet. The upper ledge also forms a square measuring 24 and a half feet on each side, with a 21-inch gutter and a 10 and a half inch curb all around the edge. There are steps going up the east side of the altar. Then he said to me, "'Son of man, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. These will be the regulations for the burning of offerings and the sprinkling of blood when the altar is built.' At that time, the Levitical priests of the family of Zadok, who minister before me, are to be given a young bull for a sin offering, says the Sovereign Lord. You will take some of its blood and smear it on the four horns of the altar, the four corners of the upper ledge, and the curb that runs around that ledge. This will cleanse and make atonement for the altar. Then take the young bull for the sin offering and burn it at the appointed place outside the temple area. On the second day, sacrifice as a sin offering a young male goat that has no physical defects. Then cleanse and make atonement for the altar again, just as you did with the young bull. When you have finished the cleansing ceremony, offer another young bull that has no defects and a perfect ram from the flock. You are to present them to the Lord, and the priests are to sprinkle salt on them and offer them as a burnt offering to the Lord. Every day for seven days a male goat, a young bull, and a ram from the flock will be sacrificed as a sin offering. None of these animals may have physical defects of any kind. Do this each day for seven days to cleanse and make atonement for the altar, thus setting it apart for holy use. On the eighth day, and on each day afterward, the priest will sacrifice on the altar the burnt offerings and peace offerings of the people. Then I will accept you, says the Sovereign Lord. You're listening to
1: The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar.
0: Ezekiel 44 Then the man brought me back to the east gateway in the outer wall, but it was closed. And the Lord said to me, This gate must remain closed. It will never again be opened. No man will ever pass through it, for the Lord, the God of Israel, entered here. Thus it must always remain shut. Only the prince himself may sit inside this gateway to feast in the Lord's presence. But he may come and go only through the gateways for you. Then the man brought me through the north gateway to the front of the temple. I looked and saw that the glory of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. And I fell to the ground with my face in the dust. And the Lord said to me, Son of man, take careful notice. Use your eyes and ears. Listen to everything I tell you about the regulations concerning the Lord's temple. Take careful note of who may be admitted to the temple and who is to be excluded from it. And give these rebels, the people of Israel, this message from the Sovereign Lord. O people of Israel, enough of your disgusting sins! You have brought uncircumcised foreigners into my sanctuary, people who have no heart for God. In this way you profaned my temple, even as you offered me my food, the fat and blood of sacrifices. Thus, in addition to all your other disgusting sins, You have broken my covenant. You have not kept the laws I gave you concerning these sacred rituals, for you have hired foreigners to take charge of my sanctuary. So this is what the Sovereign Lord says. No foreigners, including those who live among the people of Israel, will enter my sanctuary if they have not been circumcised and do not love the Lord. And the men of the tribe of Levi who abandoned me when Israel strayed away from me to worship idols must bear the consequences of their unfaithfulness. They may still be temple guards and gatemen, and they may still slaughter the animals brought for burnt offerings and be present to help the people. But they encouraged my people to worship other gods, causing Israel to fall into deep sin. So I have raised my hand and taken an oath that they must bear the consequences for their sins, says the Sovereign Lord. They may not approach me to minister as priests. They may not touch any of my holy things or the holy offerings for they must bear the shame of all the sins they have committed. They are to serve as the temple caretakers, and are relegated to doing maintenance work and helping the people in a general way. However, the Levitical priests of the family of Zadok continued to minister faithfully in the temple when Israel abandoned me for idols. These men will serve as my ministers. They will stand in my presence and offer the fat and blood of the sacrifices, says the Sovereign Lord. They are the ones who will enter my sanctuary and approach my table to serve me. They are the ones who will fulfill all my requirements. When they enter the gateway to the inner courtyard, they must wear only linen clothing. They must wear no wool while on duty in the inner courtyard or in the temple itself. They must wear linen turbans and linen undergarments. They must not wear anything that would cause them to perspire. When they return to the outer courtyard where the people are, they must take off the clothes they wear while ministering to me. They must leave them in the sacred rooms and put on other clothes so they do not harm the people by transmitting holiness to them through this clothing. They must neither let their hair grow too long nor shave it off completely. Instead, they must trim it regularly. The priests must never drink wine before entering the inner courtyard. They must choose their wives only from among the virgins of Israel or the widows of the priests. They may not marry other widows or divorced women. They will teach my people the difference between what is holy and what is common, what is ceremonially clean and unclean. They will serve as judges to resolve any disagreements among my people. Their decisions must be based on my regulations. And the priests themselves must obey my instructions and laws at all the sacred festivals and they will see to it that the Sabbath is set apart as a holy day. A priest must never defile himself by being in the presence of a dead person, unless it is his father, mother, child, brother, or unmarried sister. In such cases, it is permitted. But such a priest can only return to his temple duties after being ritually cleansed, and then waiting for seven days. The first day he returns to work and enters the inner courtyard and the sanctuary, he must offer a sin offering for himself, says the sovereign Lord. As to property, the priest will not have any, for I alone am their inheritance. Their food will come from the gifts and sacrifices brought to the temple by the people, the grain offerings, the sin offerings, and the guilt offerings. Whatever anyone sets apart for the Lord will belong to the priest's, The first of the ripe fruits and all the gifts brought to the Lord will go to the priests. The first samples of each grain harvest and the first of your flour must also be given to the priests, so the Lord will bless your homes. The priests may never eat meat from any bird or animal that dies a natural death, or that dies after being attacked by another animal. End of reading, Ezekiel 41.1 through 44.31. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Notice in the passages tonight in the book of Ezekiel, the temple is central not only to the city, of Jerusalem, but also to the entire nation. We'll see that in our next reading when Ezekiel describes the new layout of Israel. The temple is central, signifying, if nothing else, that God is to be central in our lives and that God is holy. The two ideas of God's holiness, one is morally perfect. No darkness, no selfishness, just the blazing white hot heat of God's moral perfection. And God is calling us to be holy as well. He is causing us to be so Our sins are wiped away. We are clothed now with Christ himself. We are clothed in his righteousness. That is what heaven will be. No sin, no sin nature within us, no longer struggling with our motives and struggling against our ignorance and our lesser impulses and baser impulses. There will be no one there who has not voluntarily submitted their life and their will and everything they are to the King of Kings. Heaven will not be a place of divided loyalties, questioning, and, and struggle. It will be a place of ease, of contentment, of peace, of joy. It will be a place of productivity, but it will be holy. Second idea of holiness is that God is entirely and totally set apart. There is no one or nothing like him. Some people think that Satan is God's counterpart, the yin and yang, opposites but equals. They are not by any stretch The devil, Satan, is a created being who only moves in the parameters created for him. God even uses him in that sense to promote his own glory and his own kingdom. The holy place is pointed out to Ezekiel by this man who is giving him this guided tour of this refurbished temple. Now, some people don't like the idea of holiness. We're not talking about boring, humdrum, religious existence. Religion is just one part of our lives. And, of course, we want God to be central to that. The sad thing is that some people go to church and go to their religious festivals and their religious gatherings, and they don't experience the presence of God. Polls have shown that. A huge, almost embarrassing number of believers have never sensed or felt the presence of God in their place of worship. And that's a terrible, terrible thing. But holiness does not just mean experiencing God in our religious life. It means in our relationships, our family, our children, our friendships, our neighbors, and of course, it includes our work, whether it's in the home or at the factory or restaurant. In sales, we bring God into that place and our creativity and our productivity. And then in our intellectual life, in our school and our studies, God is central to our thought life as we enjoy learning and expanding our understanding with God at the center. And then, of course, our leisure and our pastimes and our hobbies writing, reading, singing, playing, music, dancing, hunting, fishing, all of these, God is the center of our experience. That's the lesson we're being shown tonight from the book of Ezekiel. I will readily admit, I don't think I have a handle on all of Ezekiel. I've still got lots to learn about this wonderful book. The one limitation here with seeing the temple, as Ezekiel describes it here, as the ideal or even as heaven, is that there won't be any presence of sacrifices in heaven, at least as we understand them now, because Jesus is the Lamb slain from before the foundations of the world. He is the Lamb that was wounded on our behalf, and there is no other sacrifice beyond Him. But maybe these sacrifices, like the Old Testament ones, celebrate Him giving of Himself on our behalf as well. We can talk about it next time on The Bible Live.
3: Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, BibleLive.com.